Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place this morning. Powerful things for us to declare together, and sometimes when we sing them, they're not quite true in our hearts, but we pray that they will be, and so I just pray that God will allow those things to become more and more real for you as we declare them together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. With a word, He spoke light into existence, separated the waters from the lands in the chaos, set the spheres in the heavens in motion, galaxies and stars and planets. He spoke and brought life out of dust. Filling the seas and the skies and the land with all kinds of living things. Plants and animals from the microscopic to the gigantic. Living and moving and breathing and it was good. A universe filled with order and life created to express His glory and power. And then... He created us to express His love. Made in His image, created to reflect and express His creative spirit, to share and enjoy His love and presence, living in infinite abundance and peace. Connected to our Creator and pursuing His Vision and mission to fill the whole earth with His presence working through us. What a gift. What a mission. What a life He had given to us. But it wasn't enough. And rather than follow His will, we decided and we desired to lead With all the creative power He had given to us, we sought not to create in His image, but to create in our own. And what we created was chaos and pain and suffering, selfishness and pride and separation, sin. And the world devolved into chaos further and further. From that first disobedience grew murder. And then every horrible thing we could imagine. And through the generations, the stain grew and grew until God deemed that He had allowed enough and sought to reset the path and punish our sin and restore our hope. And so He called Noah and began to prepare to destroy the world. And restore our future. And he did. He sent a flood to wipe the stain of our sin off the earth. The pain and suffering and wickedness that we had brought. He saved Noah and his family to rebuild his creation. And charged them again as it had been in the beginning. To be fruitful and multiply. To fill the earth and subdue it. To build and create and spread his glory. His image placed in us. And once again we failed. Once again We wanted to create 
in our own image. Turn with me this morning to Genesis chapter 11. The story of the Tower of Babel. Powerful story set at the beginning of God's story. Right before the call of Abraham, God's third effort to restore His creation to save us. We come to this story after the flood with Noah and his family starting to rebuild the world. And God has commanded them to spread and grow. That He would not again destroy the world with a flood. That it was safe. And He still had a mission for them. But again, the people did not obey God. They didn't trust Him. They didn't follow Him. And instead of spreading His image and glory, they sought to build their own. And again, God steps in. Let's read the story together. Genesis chapter 11. It says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there and over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel. Because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. What is our mission? What is our purpose? Do we see What God is calling us to do. And if we do, do we trust Him to lead us? That His way is best. That He actually knows what He's doing. Do we believe that God is enough? This morning we're continuing our series. Exploring the power of the presence of God. As we seek this year to understand this call that God has given to us, this word that He's given to us, this mission and purpose to be His sacred presence here and now in the world and in the lives of the people around us. To bring the very presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit into the lives of the lost and the lonely and the broken. To understand what it means to be a light in the darkness, a signpost. Pointing the way to hope. To bring joy and peace, restoration and forgiveness by the power of God's presence alive in us. 
And it's been an amazing journey. God's been revealing exciting and challenging things to us about what all of this means. What he means for it to look like in our lives. Not just for us to enjoy, but to share. To make a real impact in the world. To see his transforming power at work around us. God is good. And he is alive. And he is working and he is inviting you to understand your place in that work. How he desires you to follow him and to see what he will do. And so we've been exploring this in a couple of ways already looking first at the fruit of the Spirit. And then at the names and titles, the power and authority of Jesus. And now this spring we are looking just at the stories of how God has moved, how He has been at work, the stories of the power of the presence of God to transform lives and change the world. We want to see and know His power and glory revealed in Scripture and through the ages because if we're going to try to bring His presence into people's lives here now today, we need to know how He has already been at work. We need to see how He's already moved. That we can trust Him and follow Him. That we can understand that it's not about us. It's about Him. We are not enough. But He is. It's a huge calling and these stories are are incredible. It's been amazing to walk through them. Our God is amazing. And we started with the story of Moses. Kind of our theme verse for this idea in Exodus chapter 33 where Moses was declaring that it was the power of the presence of God that made his people what they were. That without him they were nothing. As we were just singing about. That they would only go forward if his presence was with them just as we need today. Then we looked at the story of Ezekiel's vision of the presence of God, the power and majesty and just the overwhelming nature of God's presence. Wheels within wheels, covered with eyes and these bizarre creatures and unfathomable might and glory. And we laid that beside the story of creation where Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. What are we? What were we made to know of who God is? To walk with that incredible presence in peace and gentleness. And then last week, Pastor Scott led us through the story of Balaam's donkey. Another incredible story of the power of God to speak as He needs. And our need to hear Him and obey Because He will do what He wills. Whether we align with that or not, He will do what He will do. Our God is powerful and His presence is everything. It's what we need, as Moses understood. And now this morning we turn to the story of the Tower of Babel and we see again the power of the presence of God to do what He wills. 
We need to understand our calling and the mission He is putting before us. But again, we find this story following the incredible events of the flood. Noah and his family saved by the grace of God and set the task of restoring creation, rebuilding humanity. But as they move further and further from the time of the flood and the nation grows and grows, they're not moving. They're not spreading out. They're not doing what God had called them to do. And instead of trusting Him and following Him, they try to build their own world in their own image. And again, the passage says, now the whole world had one language and one speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. The people refused to spread out after the flood and the destruction they had seen. They didn't trust that God wouldn't do it again. They didn't trust that He would care for them and provide for them. And so they sought the power and security and safety in in themselves instead of in God. In the things that they could do. And they said, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. They were working quickly. They wanted to move fast. These other ancient monuments built with stone Together, as as close as could be, no mortar holding it. And now they're moving fast. Now they want to work differently. And they said, come let us build us a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. A city so they could stay together. A tower so they could display their power and their glory. Security and worship. Their own strength and their own glory. The same pattern again. And God sees this and responds again. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower that people were building. The Lord said, if as one people, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And again, here we see a couple of hugely interesting things. And the first is just how powerful God has created us to be and what He understands us to be. Human beings are amazing. We are unstoppable. From the beginning of time, the pyramids and these incredible ancient monuments, the wonders of the world. We have the Suez and the Panama canals cutting through continents to bring trade and connect nations. The wheel and tools and electricity and the steam engine. The loom and the printing press expanding health and wealth and knowledge. Ships and plows and computers and then the internet. The sum total of human knowledge now held in our pockets. Accessible anywhere, anytime. And the ability to communicate with any person anywhere on the planet. Any moment. In an instant. 
and reaching beyond the very bounds of our own planet and even our solar system. What are we? What did God create us to be? Endowed with the very image of God, His creative power present in us. Nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. What are we capable of? And even more than you have to wonder, what could we have been if we had just listened, followed, submitted, obeyed? But the people chose to love themselves more than God, to trust themselves more than God, to worship themselves instead of God. And he saw the path they would take. And again, he saved them from themselves, even in the consequences and the hardship. And he set things in the direction that he chose. And he just stopped them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth. And they stopped building the city. That's why it was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. The power of the presence of God stopped a nation and accomplished exactly what He willed with just a thought. What do we see in a story like this? What does God desire us to understand? It's an incredible story. It's just a few verses. But it captures a civilization's worth of history and power, speaking something so deep and profound to us, something we need to see and understand if we want to understand what it means to be sacred, to be a spiritual presence in the world, if that is what God is calling us to do. And it hinges on two ideas for us. First is that nothing has changed. And the second is neither has God. We live in a world driven by these exact same instincts as the people in this story. And also filled with incredible things. The power to create and transform. We have built things far mightier and more incredible than a tower. As amazing as those ancient monuments were and still are, we still can't figure out how they built the pyramids. Aliens, I'm with you. Let's go. The rest of this sermon just changed. All right, here we go. I'm just kidding. But those amazing, incredible things are, are, again, difficult for us to even understand, but even then they pale in comparison to what we have. Wondrous feats of engineering and power and will. They're nothing compared to what we're achieving today as we push to conquer the heavens themselves. Spreading out into space, talking about new missions to the moon and even Mars, establishing bases and colonies on other worlds. Mining asteroids. 
to find more wealth and power and resources than we can imagine. Infinite wealth throughout the universe. And if we can get it, if we can control it, then we will be safe. Then we'll be enough. And as we push outward, we dive inward. Unlocking more and more the mysteries and secrets of life itself. Fighting diseases and exploring genetic manipulation. The power to end suffering and restore health. To rebuild bodies and even to change them. To improve them. To even conquer death itself. Healthier, stronger, for longer, for Ever? And then will be enough. And as we change our own bodies, we change our communities, our society, new ideas, new ways of living, so many new agendas and ways of being, identities and policies and ways of thinking and learning. And if we can just go a little further, we'll change just a little more and make everyone okay. We're so close to being enough. We've never stopped building that city. Never stop trying to make that tower just a little higher. We've achieved incredible things and in many ways, wonderful things. We are more comfortable, more healthy, more wealthy than any civilization in the history of the world. And at the same time, we are somehow more disconnected and more lonely. And we're hurting in deeper ways. The harder and the faster and the further that we push, we see the cruelty in the system grow too as people are squeezed harder and harder and more and more get left behind and confused and hurt or are in the way and just get run over by progress. Children and outcasts, nations and people enslaved and exploited for the sake of progress. Look at a picture of the sea of humanity in a cobalt mine today. Or a sweatshop that miraculously no company in the world works with. The cost of our comfort, our convenience, of the tower we're building to the heavens to become like God, to become enough. We are so powerful. And as society changes and grows, as we see dangerous ideas and powerful governments grow more and more bold and destructive, we can start to fear. I see and hear the fear from believers. From followers of Jesus, they see how the world is changing, how rules are changing, how technology and life is changing. And I hear the fear. We need to do something. 
We need to take control, get control of government or industry or media or whatever in order to stop things going the wrong way. They don't like the direction society is going, the changes that are happening and the hurts and the suffering that they see and they want to stop it. They want to fix it to try to make things better. We can feel threatened. Especially when we believe things that the world doesn't. That there is truth. That there is a God who is the ultimate authority. That human beings are created in His image and worthy of life and value and dignity. When we see the world pursuing directions that are Wrong. It can be hard to know what to do and it can be scary knowing the consequences of seeking to follow truth in a world that embraces lies. But they were building their city and they were building their tower and God was not threatened. We can see in this story the power of God to do exactly as He means. He created us in His image with this incredible power, His creative power, but He does not fear us. He does not worry about what we can do because He is God. And when He says nothing will be impossible for them, He's not worried for Himself, He's worried for us. We are no threat to Him because with just a wave of His hand, with just a thought, He turned all of their ambitions to dust. There was no great war. There was no struggle. No wrestling over the power of God. By His will alone, He overturned their entire civilization and spread them across the face of the earth exactly as He had intended them to do from the beginning. There is nothing that can stand against God. There is nothing we can do, nothing we can build No agenda, no political party, no government, no technology, no secret society or hidden message, no economy, no military, no philosophy that God does not allow. By His grace and will and purpose alone. There is nothing for us to fear, nothing for us to worry about because there is nothing the world can do that can hurt God. Because they're just doing what they always have. We are just doing what we always have in our fallenness and brokenness. Nothing has changed. And neither has God. And His mission for us is the same as it has ever been. In Matthew 28, Jesus gathers His disciples right before His ascension into heaven. And He tells them what they are to do. He sees all of this. He knows all of this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's hard for us to accept because we want to help, but he didn't ask us to fix the world. He didn't ask us to even save the world. He asked us to make disciples. One person at a time. Bringing the gospel into the life of one person at a time. Our place is not to fix the world. It is to speak life to one person at a time. God is allowing whatever He allows because this is what He can do. And we are here to share the truth and love of Jesus with the people God puts in our lives because that is what we can do. And all of that is easy to say, but we still have to live here. The world is still changing all around us and it can feel harder and harder to know how to respond as we see brokenness and sin and evil hurt people more and more. And we try to bring justice where we can and we try to ease suffering where we can and we try to build the kingdom where we can and bring hope and life where we can and speak truth where we can and that is good. Jesus called us to care for the orphan and the widow, for the prisoner and the stranger and the outcast. It is good. We need to speak truth and give love and share life. But we need to be careful that we are doing our job and letting God do His. Because He is allowing history to unfold as He wills to achieve the things He desires and He is calling us to follow. He can stop all of it in an instant. Anytime He wants. And someday, He will. With just a wave of His hand, the clouds will roll back and Jesus will return in power and glory and we will see that He is God. Therefore, God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. He is in absolute control. And nothing has ever happened that He did not allow. And He has allowed some terrible, terrible things because He gave us His creative power and we use it to create and to destroy. But we can never lose sight of the truth that He is in control. 
power of the presence of God is real here and now, today, changing lives, working all around us, and he is inviting you to join him. The world is building their tower, and God is watching. He sees. He knows. And he has planted you here to point them to Jesus. Are you trying? Let's pray together. Father God, we live in a deeply and desperately broken world. As wondrous and amazing as the things we have and enjoy are, Father, we see the hurt. We see the suffering. We see the slavery and the pain, the brokenness, the loneliness, the selfishness. And God, we are not immune either. We sin all the time, embrace our own journey, embrace our own direction, trying to build our own tiny towers. God, you are in control. And we thank you for your word that we can read stories like this and be reminded of the power of your presence, that none of this is a threat to you. You do not fear any of it. You are at work. You are allowing what you allow to accomplish exactly what you will. And so, God, we pray the strength to follow, to allow you to lead, to give us the eyes, God, to see where we can help the people who need your love, to hear the truth of the gospel, the places we can bring justice and care to restore. But God, we trust you to lead. We desire you to lead. You are in control and we believe. And someday, God, you will return and make everything right. In Jesus' name, amen.